Philippians chapter 4. Let's stand together, please. And we're going to read in verse 15. Paul, just keep in mind, the person who's writing this letter, it's an epistle, a letter. It's being written from prison where Paul was incarcerated for preaching the gospel. He's writing it to a congregation. Obviously, it is a part of our Bible, the inspired Word of God. He was writing, communicating under inspiration. But he was writing to a church, a local congregation in Philippi. And so he says in verse 15, Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia... Now, this is when he said the beginning of the gospel, he's not talking about when the gospel first began. That first, the gospel, Mark says, began with John the Baptist and then Jesus. But this is the beginning of the gospel outreach, the beginning of the world evangelization. And Paul went to, to Macedonia, <clears throat> to Philippi, on his second missionary journey. And so he's talking about that in, in so Philippi is a, is a part of Macedonia. And he says, when I, you Philippians know that when I departed from Macedonia, when I left you, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. Here's a church supporting a missionary evangelist, an apostle, church planter, Supported by church. The relationship is in the Bible. I mean, that's why we do missions the way we do them, because it's biblical. But he says, no church communicated or partnered with me, shared with me, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica, another city in Macedonia, even in Thessalonica, ye, the church, sent once and again unto my necessities. You were providing for me. You were supplying for my needs. Verse 17, not because I desire a gift. It's not just that I want your money. But I, I desire fruit that may abound to your account. I want you to, you to have spiritual fruit as a result of this partnership. Verse 18, but I have all. In other words, my needs are met and abound. I am full. Having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you. This is the description of the offerings that the Philippians were bringing to Paul. This is how it's described in the Word of God. An odor of a sweet smell. A sacrifice. Acceptable, well-pleasing to God. Now the only thing you can get out of that is this is the Bible's explanation of what missionary giving is like to God. An odor of a sweet smell. A church giving of their own resources to supply the needs of missionary endeavors. And a great promise in verse 19, But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now unto God and our Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Father, bless our time in the Word of God tonight and then bless... Uh, the presentation and report that will follow, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So I just want to just think for a little bit tonight about the role of the churches in the New Testament. The role of the churches. And if you look in verse 15, Paul was very grateful. The missionary 
was very grateful so the, for the support of the church. And look what it says in uh, verse um, 14. Notwithstanding, you have well done that you did communicate with my affliction. So what they did was good. Now, some people may minimize the role of churches, but God never minimized the role of churches. What they did was good. Churches supporting missionaries. It was good. And they were consistent. He said, you did this in verse 16 once and again. Also, verse 15, uh, Paul makes note that other churches who had the opportunity to support him did not support him. Thankfully, for their sake, he did not mention their names or what town they were in. But he says, you were the only one. No other church communicated with me. And so that's a commendation, really, for the Philippian church and their involvement, their support of missions. Now, the work of missions was not assigned to missionaries. The work of missions was assigned to churches. Missionaries are the people called out of those churches to take the gospel. But God did not give the responsibility to evangelize the world to missionaries. He gave that responsibility to churches. And churches, as Paul mentions here, are not always faithful with their responsibilities. Now, what are churches? Churches are congregations of believers. This building is not a church. This building is the place that the church, Mount Zion Baptist Church, meets. Churches are congregations. Churches are people. Churches are members. A church is the membership of a congregation. So when you say the Philippian church supplied his needs, people in that church supplied his needs. You know, if you say that this church is supporting dozens of missionaries, I mentioned this morning that I, I think it would be an accurate estimate to say that since we started supporting missions and missionaries, we've probably sent if not 100000 close to $100,000 to the work in Africa through various missionaries over a couple of decades. Now, who did that? Mount Zion Baptist Church did it, but who did it? You did it. People did it. You know, we could say, I want our church to support 100 more missionaries. And we could support 100 more missionaries, but only if people support the missions program. Am I making sense to you? So, so God gave this responsibility to churches. And churches, it's not like the church is a corporation that has these unlimited resources. The churches are people. And people contribute and pray for the missions program. The more members support world evangelization, the more the world will be evangelized. Right? Absolutely. Now let's look at another passage or two about this subject. Go, if you would please, to the left to 2 Corinthians, and 2 Corinthians chapter 1, or chapter 11, excuse me. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul is speaking to a church, the church at Corinth, not in Macedonia, in Achaia, further south, near Athens. 
And notice what he's saying to this church. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 7. He says, have I committed an offense in abasing myself, putting myself down to the church? He writes this. Have I done wrong in abasing myself that you may be exalted because I've preached to you the gospel of God freely? Now what he's talking about there is they did not support him. They did not take care of his needs. And, and so he said, have I done wrong that, that, that I allowed you not to be responsible as a church? Look in verse 8. I robbed other churches taking wages of them to do your service. Now, that doesn't mean he took a, put a mask on and a gun and ru- held up the church. But you know what it means? He says, this church, Corinth, was not doing their job. They were not, they were not supporting him as they should support him. And he says, if I, did I do wrong? Did I let other churches take up the slack? And look in verse 9. And when I was present with you and wanted, in other words, I was there in your presence in Corinth, and I had needs. I was chargeable to no man. For that which was lacking to me, the brethren which came from Macedonia supplied. And in all things I've kept myself from being burdensome unto you, and so will I keep myself. So there again, he's, he's talking to this, to this church, and he said, other churches contributed what you should have contributed. You know, the Bible's a wonderful book. It really is amazing to me, all the people who have a Bible who don't understand the simple things we're talking about tonight. How churches have responsibility and churches work together with missionaries to get the gospel out. And and here where the church in Corinth was being neglectful, the churches in Macedonia were taking up the slack, if we could say it that way. And again, who, who has God given the responsibility. Think about this and personalize this. Who has God given the responsibility to support the work of God? Who has God given that to you? To? And He's given it to you. As a member of a church, He's given it to you. Is that right or wrong? It's right. And, if, and you could say, well, I'm just not going to do it. Well, sometimes people are ignorant. I mean, by that mean they really don't know the truth. But the truth is, according to the Bible, that that's the way God's work is to be done. And when I look at the work of missions and rejoice in what God has done, I thank God for what He's done. And I'm glad to be a part individually, personally. I'm glad to have been a part. I'm glad our church as a whole has been a part of that. Uh, Let's go to one other passage. Go to the left, to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And... We're talking about the role of the churches. I love this subject uh, because a lot of people don't understand. And by the way, if you're not right on church doctrine, you're not going to be right on a lot of things. But but if you look into the Bible and study the Bible and and just take what it says verbatim, you understand this privilege that's ours as members of a local assembly. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, here again, he's talking about the the responsibility of churches. Look in verse 7. He says, who goeth a warfare any time of his own charges? We have, you know, people in our, in our church that are in the military. They've either, some of them are already serving, some of them are signed up. And, and if they're going to go serve, should they be responsible for buying their own gun, their own uniform? He says, who goes to warfare at his own charges? Who plants a vineyard 
and doesn't eat of the fruit of it, or who feeds a flock and eats not of the milk of the flock. In other words, if you're, if you're doing this work, then there are benefits that would come along. And then in verse 8 he says, Say how these things as a man. Is it just my opinion that I'm saying these things, Paul writes? Or saith not the law the same also? And then he gives this example in verse 9 where it's written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Did God take care for oxen? And that makes sense. If you've got an ox that's uh, pulling this um, uh, instrument and you're threshing out the corn, and he says, you don't put a muzzle on it. Uh, you, by that he means you're going to feed it. You're going to keep it healthy so it can keep doing its job. And then he says this in verse 9, does God take care of oxen? Well, sure, God takes care of oxen. Look in verse 10, or saith he it altogether for our sakes. You know, there are a lot of people in our day and age that say, well, the Old Testament pattern, the Old Testament principles, they're not for us. But Paul said that the Old Testament example was for us. God didn't just say that about oxen. Look what he says in verse 9. Uh, he saith it all together, or saith he all together for our sakes, for our sakes, no doubt, this is written. That thing was written way back there for our sakes, that he that ploweth should plow in hope, and he that threshed in, in hope should be takers of his hope. If we have sown unto you spiritual things, he says, we fed you the word of God, we taught you to the Corinthian church. Is it, great, is it a great thing if we reap your carnal things? That, in other, and that might have been awkward for him to say that, but basically what he's saying is, the Old Testament example was for New Testament churches. And that is the people who preach the gospel, like missionaries, pastors, those who are doing the work of the ministry, that the church ought to be responsible for taking care of them. That's God's pattern. And so I know some people, like I said, may not see that or understand it, but it's very clear. As a matter of fact, look what he says in verse 13. Do you, do you not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple? Those who've given their lives in the Old Testament serving the temple, they have access to those things, those, and, and they which wait at the altar, partakers with the altar... In other words, all the offerings and things that come in prepare, take care of their needs. And then look in verse 4. Even so hath the Lord ordained that they which, which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. So I say all that to say, Paul was so thankful for what the Philippian church was doing for his ministry. Other churches weren't. Other churches were dropping the ball. And it's just a wonderful thing that they were supplying his needs. And I just, I say all that really thinking about the role that churches have and what a blessing it is that, that God would allow our church to have a role in seeing missionaries carrying out the work of the Lord. Now, um, I'm not saying it's not possible in some places for a missionary to have a job work a full-time job, but, but in many countries, it's not even an option. They can't even, they can't even come into the country unless they come into the country with an understanding that they're going to be completely supplied, their needs will be completely supplied from another place. And a person could look at that and say, well, that's too bad. I wish it wasn't that way. But I look at it and say, that's God's plan. That's the way God set it up. And and, and it, we can't say, well, it's, that was Old Testament. No, God's, the, the Bible says it's the same way in the New Testament as it was in the Old Testament. 
And so I'm, I just thank the Lord for what our church has been allowed to do. And I, I, I can't say we've done everything we could have done, but I thank God for what we're doing. And Paul is commending the church for their participation. Now let's go back and we'll finish this in Philippians 4 because not only does Paul clearly thank the Lord and the church for them fulfilling their role, but then he says in verse 17, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. So the churches not only have a role, they also have a reward. And that is fruit, spiritual fruit. Fruit, and he didn't just say fruit, but he's fruit that may abound to your account. You know, if, if tonight uh, somehow you were to get a notification on your phone, I know you wouldn't accept it, you wouldn't look at it, you wouldn't even know it, but I'm just, for the, for the sake of illustration. Tonight, if you were to get a notification on your phone that someone had put $100,000 in your checking account. Um, I'm just guessing. You'd probably be happy, right? That's, that's money in your account. Amen. <laughs> that, ought, that ought to bring out an amen. Well, I want to tell you, when you support missions through the church... As God has designed, whatever work is being done in Africa or in Central America and Panama, in China, in Laos now, because the missionaries moved from Vietnam to Laos, Pakistan, places we support missions, missionaries, the Middle East, every bit of spiritual fruit goes to your account. Not in your checking account. Not in your money market account. But in that place that Jesus said. This is what Jesus said. Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth where thieves can break through and steal and moth, rust can corrupt. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. That's where it really matters the most. And so I heard this... I saw it, I thought about it, but I actually heard it from missionaries when we were over there in Africa who would say, this is fruit to your account. These people called into the ministry, this is fruit to your account. Fruit abounding to your account. We ought to invest in eternal souls. And I, I'm just, I just want to encourage you to think about just one place, one little place in the world where fruit is abounding to your account. If you're giving to the work of missions, fruit's abounding to your account. And I thank God for that. And the missionaries are grateful for it. And I I would be open to anyone trying to convince me otherwise, but I think as much as I've studied the Bible and the subject that we're talking about tonight, I'm convinced that we're doing missions as biblical a way as you can do missions as possible. And that is giving through churches to missionaries and partnering with missionaries to get the gospel out. Isn't that wonderful to do 
be a part of doing God's work, God's way. And I never thought when I was in Africa, one time it never entered my mind, boy, I just wish we weren't doing so much over here. (laughs) Never entered my mind. Just the opposite. You see so many opportunities and so many places and so many people and so many needs and such a lack of laborers. But that's everywhere, right? It's everywhere. And one thing I'd love to see is more and more of our people who aren't supporting missions get on board and and say, God, what would you let me do through our church to get the gospel out? Because there are missionaries that I was with and went, went out with that we don't support, that are worthy of our support. And it's a good thing to pray about and think about. Amen?